Hello everyone, I'm Simon Ford of Forge Gin. Martinis, gin and tonics, Negronis, great classic cocktails is what I'm about. But I also love to hear of great recipes from great bartenders from around the world, which is why we've partnered with Beyond the Drink for this season. Cheers. Well, you just heard from the man himself, Simon Ford, and this season of Beyond the Drink is presented by Ford's Gin. I'm Cappy, and in this series, we're going to hear from some of the best bartenders in the country as they share the stories and recipes behind their favorite drinks. Beyond the Drink is a spinoff of Beyond the Plate, our podcast that sits down with the world's culinary elite to explore their journey into the food industry and the social impact they have made in their community. So if you're new to Beyond the Drink, welcome. If you listened before, we're so glad you're back. We hope this episode inspires you to create a delicious cocktail or, like the bartenders we feature, make a difference in your community. To get the cocktail recipe we discuss in this episode, you can check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. One more thing, we have some awesome Beyond the Plate merch. You can find a link in your podcast player or go to our website, beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Head on over and check out our hats, tees, hoodies, and more. Again, that's beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Nacho, we like to start with a fun audio test. And for chefs, we often do things like having them name three or five fresh herbs or their favorite farmer's market ingredients. You have some skills in the DJ world. So why don't you name three gin cocktails that make you want to dance? Bramble, for sure. (laughs) The Southside, I like refreshing cocktails. And she's a gin and tonic. Oh, Bramble, Southside, and Shiso Gin and Tonic. I love it. All right, you sound great. Let's rock. All of them refreshing. All of them can be hold while you're dancing as well. I like it. All right, let's do this. Today's guest has nearly 20 years of hospitality experience and has become known for his solid drinks and enthusiastic spirit behind the bar. He's originally from Mexico, and while he happens to be one of the bar world's leading authorities on tequila and mezcal, he's going to share a classic gin cocktail with us today. He lives in Brooklyn, New York, and has led bar teams to receive several big accolades, including Bar of the Year, Best Bar Team, Regional Top 10 Nominee for Bartender of the Year, and many more. He's a big proponent of supporting the communities, artists, and makers of the tequila drinking experience. You can find more on him in the episode notes and follow him on Instagram at Hop Ignacio. That's H-O-P-I-G-N-A-C-I-O. Please enjoy this episode as we go beyond the drink with not only an incredible bartender, but a talented DJ as well, Jose Ignacio Nacho Jimenez. Good to have you here, Nacho. Hey, thank you for having me. Excited to have to be here with you. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm excited. I feel like more than half of the people I follow in the bartending world, you come across my Instagram screen, sometimes DJing, (laughs) sometimes making a cocktail. So I'm happy to talk with you today. Yes, I love it. Such a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Nacho, we've been kicking off these Beyond the Drink episodes with a cocktail speed round. So given today's cocktail, we're going to go a little spirit forward and bold on the speed round. All right. Mm -hmm. Number one, name the cocktail that inspired you to get behind the bar. I mean, I probably would say the Cosmopolitan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I arrived early 2000s to New York. You know, Cosmo was a big, big cocktail back then. So I will say probably we were selling so many Cosmopolitans at the bars that I was working. I wasn't even a bartender back then. That was probably the cocktail on trend and the sex in the city was still on. I will say definitely the Cosmopolitan. Good one. All right, number two, name a smell behind the bar that you love. A smell behind the bar. I mean, fresh mint. Fresh mint. Name a smell behind the bar you hate. 
Oh, the the smell of dirty rocks. Everyone behind the bar have those plastic rocks, and when they get so old, they start to smell. They have this it smell that it's just like the smell of dirt. It's just gross. Yeah, <laughs> dirty rocks. All right, last cocktail that blew you away. I think cold pizza from Double Chicken. Oh Please. yeah. That's so funny. We had Haley Traub on and she also mentioned a cocktail. She had a Waldorf. Was that her? I think I mentioned a Waldorf salad yeah, cocktail yeah. or something she had there. And that's so funny. Yeah, I think it's cold pizza or something pizza, but I remember just trying the cocktail and it's incredible. Like it's just absolutely fantastic. I really have to go there next time I'm in New York. Yes, you should. Last one. One gin cocktail everyone needs to try. One gin cocktail everyone needs to try. Negroni. Negroni. If if you haven't, (laughs) if you haven't by now, definitely need to try. That's the one. (laughs) Love it. All right, Nacho, I'm excited to talk about this cocktail. So have at it. What cocktail are we talking about today? I want to hear why you chose this one and what's in it. And I know you martinis, I feel like hold a special place in your heart. So tell me more. Absolutely. Yes, just coming to New York, I remember one of the first experiences having with Martinez was going to this bar called Pravda, which was a Russian bar. You needed to go downstairs and they had like this air of like kind of an sticky sea upstairs bar. Their specialty were Martinez. So my, my fascination with the bartender world also started from looking at Martinis being made and drinking Martinis. Later on in, in my career, becoming a bartender, definitely Martini is that one kind of iconic drink that everyone has their personal style and everyone has their way of drinking. And obviously, with the accessibility to more ingredients, Martini World has become even greater than before. I like all variations of Martinis. In this case, I'm choosing a Martini called Capri which is essentially two parts gin and equal parts of the vermouth and benedictine with a couple of dashes of bitters. I think that little variation of the benedictine and the vermouth bring a certain herbaceous notes to the martini that in this case, using using a very citrus forward gene and like juniper forward gene as well, like the fourth gene, definitely highlights all all of those elements together. Yeah, uh, I love the versatility of that style of drink, the martini, like I said, and this is a really nice variation that if you haven't tried, you should definitely get on and try it. That's great. So the Caprice, it's gin, dry vermouth, Benedictine, and orange bitters. For the home bartender, if you will, that is listening and may not be familiar with some of these, can you explain Benedictine, for example? Yes, Benedictine is, it's an herbaceous, like no one really knows the recipe. The recipe belongs to the Benedictine monks in, in, in France. So it's like a secret recipe with like up to 60 different herbs and spices going into the preparation of it. It's also used in a lot of like classic cocktails. The one that comes to mind, I think the Singapore sling, you know, where the use of Benedictine is like essential to the creation of a cocktail. It just has this really super nice kind of sweet herbaceous notes to it that can really open up a different dimension in terms of flavor for anything that you're mixing it with. I think the Benedictine and bitters is also a really good combination. You can also just enjoy Benedictine on its own or with a little bit of ice. And it's a really, really pleasant digestive as well, just because of uh, the herbaceous quality of it. Oh, that's cool. Can you chat for a minute or two on just like the different types of martinis? And I ask because it's such an interesting cocktail that seems so simple, 
But like you said, it's inspirational, really, like depending on which way you go with it. And Simon Ford, we did a special episode with him a couple of seasons ago, and he was saying how he has his like his Ford's bottle in the freezer of two different versions. One's a 50-50 and one's, what is it, five to one, I believe. And then Masa Urushido was on also talking about how he makes a martini at home. And most bartenders, we ask, what's the cocktail everyone should learn how to make or drink? And martini's often the answer which is I'm a chef by trade so I look at it as like really a martini like it just seems so simple but sometimes simple is you know best so I'm kind of curious on that the martini as I mentioned before is that cocktail that gives you the flexibility of go a million different ways very much like a Manhattan is that cocktail that you can adapt to your own preferences and it's a cocktail that you can explore a million different ways because what we really should try to maintain is the, the quality of the ingredients that you're using and how are they reflected at the end of the product right so in this case on or like the quality of if Gene is used the quality of the gene and those ingredients that are in gene and what goes with it. I feel like it's the easier way to kind of like easier and at the same time complicated, easier way to complement what goes with that one ingredient. It's on the very basic level. So what vermouths are there available that complement, in this case, fortune to, to highlight those ingredients that are used to make fortune and the final product. There's a million vermouths out there in which you can take a different direction for that same martini. You were mentioning about martinis that are far five parts to one, or I personally at home do 50-50 martinis, not using vermouth, but now you have the availability and the use of the many different cherries. So whether it's an amontillado sherry, whether it's a fino or a manzanilla, all of these different cherries can bring different notes out, out of the gin. I feel like it's like the purest, most simplest and, and satisfying variation on martinis that you can make. But as the example that I'm using or like the drink that I'm choosing for this podcast is shows you you can also use liqueurs into it you know you can use instead of you can use the, the, the vermouth the vermouth of the sherries along with that but you can also use I've seen people do bar spoons of, of chartreuse or orange liqueurs or other different liqueurs into martinis that really definitely open the martini world into a million different avenues that you can explore. And also they can become very versatile, depends on what you're having with food. That's cool. I love that. I'm craving a martini and it's a little too early for me. But, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me too. Nacho, where does your, I know your master behind the bar, but also DJing, which we hit upon towards the beginning, where does your love of music come from? My mom has always been a music collector. She always collected that. I grew up in the 80s, so cassettes and 80s and 90s and CDs were becoming a thing like late 90s, late 80s, early 90s in Mexico. So my love for music definitely is inspired by my mom. And she had like a, a super wide range of music that she would listen to. And I felt like that's what I always liked. We weren't only listening to whatever was it on the top 20 charts. We were listening to sometimes odd like stuff that, you know, she will get recommended. She just had a fascination for music. And I think I inherited that from her. That's cool. Does it ever play into your cocktail making? Not into my cocktail making. I remember, I mean, I think about names sometimes, but I think curating a, a DJ set, very much that curating an evening behind the bar. I'm not like so much into the cocktail itself. It's a tool for me to show a whole journey or a whole experience when you come 
to see me at my bar. It's everything that tells like a journey. The same way with a track. Where is it that I'm going to go and what's the final purpose of that journey that I'm creating for people? And that's how I incorporate cocktails into it. It's like, okay, this is how and when and where I'm going to put it in your journey with me while you're in front of me. That's cool. I like that. Awesome. So I want to touch upon social impact and giving back. I mentioned before we started recording, our listeners of the podcast, Beyond the Plate, they know that we celebrate social impact with all of our guests, most of our chefs, and it's no different with the bartenders as well, how much they do to give back to the community. So I just wanted to give you a moment to shed some light if there's a certain cause that you work with or a certain charitable organization to raise awareness for. I just did an event not too long ago, three weeks ago, where DJ at my friend's bar in Brooklyn, which is their boat from Iran. And I knowing what's, what's the situation in Iran right now, I felt like we needed to not only create a party that was meant to gather a bunch of friends and listen to music and dance, but also that we have a unique opportunity to support the struggle that the people from Iran and women from Iran have been going through. So we organized a party for uh, Woman Life Freedom in New York City, where we raised some of the funds of a cocktail that we have created and donated to to the support to amplifying these voices that are struggling at the moment. I know there's a million different causes right now. One cause that also comes to mind is always preserving and giving voices to those of the uh, agave world. So I've worked with organizations like Sacred Agave in the past where, you know, have uh, supported their efforts in the awareness and bringing awareness to what's happening in the agave world and all the preservation of the mezcal industry back in Oaxaca and in, in all Mexico. Yeah, so those two are the two organizations that most recently I have worked in. I'm about to open a bar in, in, in the next few months ahead of me. I always feel compelled to also try to work with organizations of illegal immigrants that and how we can support that, that community. It's still to be decided but it's going to be a big part of the business and what is going to be our presence in this particular team. But I feel like that is a continuous struggle that happens in our country, the immigration and the resources that people that come into the into the country have. And there's a million ways of helping out. And, and yeah, I want to be in touch with that too. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. It really is amazing like how a chef or a bartender like yourself can just use your talent and what you do to just go and do. I mean, you went to your friend's bar, had a fun night, danced, made some cocktails, raised some funds for the people of Iran for the causes that you're set out to raise funds for. But it's really incredible how the industry just pulls together and is able to do that on a whim and help out. Seems so simple, but it's truly amazing whatever you are your position in life no matter what it is no like in this case my personal experience is that i am certainly more privileged than other people and we cannot go on in this world without using this privilege to help and support other people that are less privileged i cannot go on creating just like an experience without any purpose. So whatever it is, like in your case, you're using this podcast not to only amplify the voices of the bartenders, the drinks and the experiences and in hospitality, but also to create consciousness about creating opportunities and creating support for those more in a need than us. So I think that ultimately what's a big reminder is that I'm still in a very privileged position and I should use whatever opportunities and whatever tools I have at hand to help others that are not so lucky. I love that. 
I'm going to end on that, Nacho. That was incredible. Thank you. I mean, I've read about you and your sense of hospitality and people listening. You can't exactly see this right now, but Nacho's wearing a sweatshirt that big and bold across his chest says cultivate kindness. So right on par with the episode. Thank you again, Nacho, for everything you do. It was a pleasure to talk to you and I'll either have to seek you out at one of your pop-ups you do in New York or Miami, or I'll have to wait for that next project to open. Yeah, it's coming very soon. I'll keep you on the loop, Andrew. Thank you so much for having this. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. This episode is produced by myself along with Ian Cohen, Joel Yetten, and Sean Petrosian. Find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Kathy's Plate or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. Beyond the Plate is on all the socials at BT Plate Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Drink, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Cappy.